Chapter Twenty of the Precipice. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Precipice by Elia Wilkinson Peedy. Chapter Twenty. The next day, as it happened, she was invited to Lake Forest to attend a suffrage tea. A distinguished English suffragette was to be present, and the more fashionable group of Chicago suffragists were gathering to pay her honor. It was a torrid day with a promise of storm, and Kate would have preferred to go to the settlement house to do her usual work, which chanced just now to be chiefly clerical. But she was urged to meet the Englishwoman, and to discuss with her the matter of the Children's Bureau in which the settlement house people were now taking the keenest interest kate went gowned in fresh linen and well pleased after all to be with a holiday crowd riding through the summer woods tea was being served on the lawn it overlooked the lake and here were gathered both men and women it was a company of rather notable persons as kate saw at a glance almost every one there was distinguished for some social achievement or as the advocate of some reform or theory, or perhaps as an opulent and fashionable patron. It was at once interesting and amusing. Kate greeted her hostess and looked about her for the guest of honor. It transpired that the affair was quite informal after all. The Englishwoman was sitting in a tea-tent discoursing with a number of gentlemen who hung over her with polite attentions. They were well-known bachelors of advanced ideas, men with honorary titles and personal ambitions. The great suffragist was very much at home with them. Her deep musical voice resounded like a bell as she uttered her dicta and her witticisms. She, like the men, was smoking a cigarette, a feat which she performed without coquetry or consciousness. She was smoking because she liked to smoke. It took no more than a glance to reveal the fact that she was further along in her pregnancy than Marna. Marna, who started back from the door when a stranger appeared at it, lest she should seem immodest. But the suffragette, having acquired an applauding and excellent husband, saw no reason why she should apologize to the world for the process of nature. Quite as unconscious of her condition as of her unconventionality in smoking, she discoursed with these diverted men, her transparent frock revealing the full beauties of her neck and bust, her handsome arms well displayed, frankly and insistently feminine, yet possessing herself without hesitation of what may be termed the masculine attitude toward life. For some reason which Kate did not attempt to define, she refrained from discussing the Bureau of Children with the celebrated suffragette, although she did not doubt that the Englishwoman would have been capable of keen and valuable criticism. Instead, she returned to the city, sent a box of violets to Marna, and then went on to her attic room. A letter was awaiting her from the West. It read, My dear Miss Barrington, Honora and the kiddies are here, I have given my cousin a room where she can see the mountains on two sides, and I hope it will help. I've known the hills to help, even with pretty rough customers. It won't take a creature like Honora Long to get hold of the secret, will it? You know what I mean, I guess. I wish you had come. I watched the turn in the drive to see if you wouldn't be in the station wagon. There were two women's heads. I recognized Honora's, and I tried to think the second one was yours, but I really knew it wasn't. 
it was a low head one of that patient sort of heads and a flat lid-like hat the nurses of course i suppose you wear helmet-shaped hats with wings on them something like mercury's or diana's or don't they sell that kind of millinery nowadays honora tells me you're trying to run the world and that you make it up to all kinds of people hold up men as well as preachers do you know i'm something like that myself i can't help it but i do seem to enjoy folks one of the pleasantest nights i ever spent was with a lot of bandits in a cave i was their prisoner too which complicated matters but we had such a bully time that they asked me to join them i told them i'd like the life in some respects i could see it was a sort of game not unlike some i played when i was a boy but it would make me nervous so i had to refuse them well i'm talking nonsense what if you should think i counted it sense that would be bad for me i only thought you'd be having so many pious and proper letters that i'd have to give you a jog if i got you to answer this and i do wish you would answer it i'm a lonely man though a busy one of course it's going to be a tremendous comfort having honora here when once she gets to be herself she's wild with pain now and nothing she says means anything we play chess a good deal after a fashion honora thinks she's amusing me but as i like the rigor of the game i can't say that i'm amused at her plays the first time she thinks before she moves i'll know she's over the worst of her trouble she seems very weak but i'm feeding her on cream and eggs the kitties are dears just as cute as young owls they're not afraid of me even when i pretend i'm a coyote and howl do write me miss barrington i'm as crude as a cabbage but when i say i'd rather have you write me than have any piece of good fortune befall me which your wildest imagination could depict i mean it perhaps it will scare you off anyway you can't say i didn't play fair i'm worn out sitting around with this fractured leg of mine in its miserable cast i know stronger words than miserable but i use it because i'm determined to behave myself honora says she thinks it would be all right for you to correspond with me i asked her yours faithfully carl wander what a ridiculous boy kate said to herself she laughed aloud with a rippling merriment and then after a little silence she laughed again the man certainly is naive she said can he really expect me to answer a letter like that she awoke several times that night and each time she gave a fleeting thought to the letter she seemed to see it before her eyes a purple edelon a parallelogram in shape it flickered up and down like an electric sign when morning came she was quite surprised to find the letter was existent and stationary she read it again and she wished tremendously that she might answer it it occurred to her that in a way she never had had any fun she had been persistently earnest passionately honest absurdly grim now to answer that letter would come under the head of mere frolic yet would it was not this curious outspoken man this gigantic good-hearted absurd boy giving her notice that he was ready to turn into her lover at the slightest gesture or acquiescence on her part no the frolic would soon end it would be another of those appalling games for life those woman-trap affairs 
and she liked freedom better than anything she went off to work in a defiant frame of mind carrying however the letter with her in her handbag what she did write after several days delay was this my dear mr wander i can see that honora is in the best hands in the world for her you must let me know when she has checkmated you i quite agree that that will show the beginning of her recovery she has had a terrible misfortune and it was the outcome of a disease from which all of us advanced women are suffering her convictions and her instincts were at war i can't imagine what is going to happen to us we all feel very unsettled and honora's tragedy is only one of several sorts which may come to any of us but an instinct deeper than instinct a conviction beyond conviction tells me that we are right that we must go on studying working developing we may have to pay a fearful price for our advancement but i do not suppose we could back down now if we would you ask if i will correspond with you well do you suppose we really have anything to say what for example have you to tell me about honora says you own a mine or two or three that you have a city of workmen that you are a father to them are they italians i think she said so they're grateful folk the italians i hope they like you they are so sweet when they do and so sudden when they don't i have had something to do with them and they are very dear to me they ask me to their christenings and to other festivals i like their gaiety because it contrasts with my own disposition which is gloomy under reflection i think we'd better not write to each other you were too explicit in your letter too precautionary you'd make me have a conscience about it and i'd be watching myself that's too much trouble my business is to watch others not myself but i do thank you for giving such a welcome to honora and the babies i hope you will soon be about again i find it so much easier to imagine you riding over a mountain pass than sitting in the house with a leg in plaster yours sincerely kate barrington he wrote back my dear miss barrington i admire your idea of gloom not the spirit of gloom but of adventure moves you i saw it in your eye when i buy a horse i always look at his eye it's not so much viciousness that i'm afraid of as stupidity i like a horse that is always pressing forward to see what is around the next turn now we humans are a good deal like horses women are anyway and i saw your eye my own opinion is that you are having the finest time of anybody i know you're shaping your own life at least and that's the best fun there is the best kind of good fortune of course you'll get tired of it after a while i don't say that because you're a woman but i've seen it happen over and over again both with men and women after a while they get tired of roving and come home you may not believe it but after all that's the great moment in their lives you just take it from me who have seen more than you might think and who have a good deal of time to think things out i do wish you had seen your way to come out here there are any number of matters i would like to talk over with you you mustn't think me impudent for writing in this familiar way i write frankly because i'm sure you'll understand and the conventionalities have been cast aside because in this case they seem so immaterial i can assure you that i'm not impudent not where women are concerned at any rate i am a born lover of women 
though I've been no woman's lover. I haven't seen much of them. Sometimes I've gone a year without seeing one, not even a squaw, but I judge them by my mother, who made everyone happy who came near her, and by some others I have known. I judge them by you, though I saw you only a minute. I suppose you will think me crazy or insincere in saying that I'm both sane and honest, ask Honora. You speak of my Italians. They are making me trouble. We have been good friends, and they have been happy here. I gave them lots to build on if they would put up homes, and I advanced the capital for the cottages and let them pay me 4% the lowest possible interest. I got a school for their children and good teachers, and I interested the church down in Denver to send a priest out here and establish a mission. I thought we understood each other and that they comprehended that their prosperity and mine were bound up together. But an agitator came here the other day, sent by the unions, of course, and there's discontent. They have lost the friendly look from their eyes, and the men turn out of their way to avoid speaking to me. Since I've been laid up here, things have been going badly. There have been meetings and a good deal of hard talk. I suppose I'm for a fight, and I tell you it hurts. I feel like a man at war with his children. As I feel just now, I'd throw up the whole thing rather than row with them. But the money of other men is invested in these mines, and I'm the custodian of it. So I've no choice in the matter. Perhaps, too, it's for their own good that they should be made to see reason. What do you say? Faithfully, Wander. Honora wrote the same day, and to her quiet report of improved nights and endurable days, she added, I hope you will answer my cousin's letter. I can tell you what a good man he is, and so boyish, in spite of his being strong and perfectly brave, oh, brave to the death. He's very lonely. He always has been. You'll have to make allowances for his being so western and going right to the point in such a reckless way. He hasn't told me what he's written to you, but I know if he wants to be friends with you, he'll say so without any preliminaries. He's very eager to have me talk of you, so I do. I am eager to talk, too. I always loved you, Kate, but now I put you and Carl in a class by yourselves as the completely dependable ones. The babies send kisses. Don't worry about me. I'm beginning to see that it's not extraordinary for trouble to have come to me. Why not to me as well as another? I'm one of the great company of sad ones now but I'm not going to be melancholy. I know how disappointed you'd be if I were. I'm beginning to sleep better, and for all of this still dark cavern in my heart, so filled with voices of the past and with the horrible chill of the present, I am able to laugh a little at passing things. I find myself doing it involuntarily, so at least I've got where I can hear what the people about me are saying and can make a fitting reply. Yes, do write, Carl, for my sake. End of chapter 20